to record the podcast. Wake up! What? Ah. You, you have during to our podcast, you have to wake on. Oh, you guys! I just had the strangest dream. Hello everyone, welcome to this Threepcast mini-sode, a shorter version of our adventure game podcast where we take a quick look at some smaller adventure games. I'm Elliot. I'm Anton. I'm Alexander. And on this mini-sode, we're going to be reviewing the trilogy of online horror retro point-and-click adventure games, uh, the Deep Sleep Trilogy. Um, yeah. Just a reminder that because this is a mini-sode, we're not going to be splitting this into spoilers and non-spoilers. It's going to be all spoilers. So if you don't want to have the Deep Sleep game spoiled, uh, we would recommend going and playing them first and then coming back to listen to this. You can play them all in, like, probably an hour and a half. Like Right, they're all really, really short. It's like, there are um, no save files because they're all designed to be played in one sitting. So go do that. Well, actually, there is there is a continue function in some of them. Oh, really? So, like, if you get partway in, you can turn your browser off and come back and, and continue uh, where you left off. I didn't know that. Well, they're short enough you don't know have anyway, to. Anyway, they're all... <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, they're all freely available on Armor Games. Um, we'll post links in the show mm-hmm. notes for yeah, those who want to go play them. They're on all the sites. Um, like yes. Newgrounds and Congregate and all that, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're on Newgrounds as well. Yeah, I guess Congregate. Anyway... Th- they're everywhere. I played it on Armor Games. What? Bad. I guess they do have Armor Games in the intro. Anyway, let's get started. All right, so let's start off with the first game in the series, Deep Sleep. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to have a hard time like talking about this without putting it in context of the other two. Like, I feel like this is kind of like the vanilla Deep Sleep, the first one. Well, yeah, it's like one of those games where it's like it's the first one and it's the most self-contained. Right. Um, yeah. It's like it's a nice little self-contained story and it's, you know, it's the original one, so it does all the all the setup things and I don't know. Does all yeah, the things it's just like it a nice re- little yeah. like hour-long diversion. If yeah. you don't know any of the puzzle solutions, it'll it'll take you like somewhere between thirty minutes to an hour probably to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I <laughs> felt like I felt <laughs> I felt like this one. Um, if we were to um, sort of look at it as as a trilogy as a whole, um, I feel like the first one probably had the best balance of um, spookiness and gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the, uh, I don't know, like it felt like a, a perfect blend of elements. I agree. It didn't have too much of anything. Well, and it does a good job of, of balancing like different kinds of, uh, like different kinds of scares, I guess, because it mm-hmm. puts a lot of work into like building a, up a spooky atmosphere, but then he also works some jump scares in there. Right. There are a couple of good jump scares and I felt mm-hmm. like that they were, um, uh, warranted, I guess. Like, yeah. Sometimes like he, jump he scares them. Yeah, yeah, they were earned. I feel like jump scares can be a kind of a, a gratuitous gimmick sometimes, but it felt like, 
yeah, like you said, he does such a good job of building up a spooky atmosphere that by the time you get to the jump scares, you feel like it's not a ripoff. Right. The environment's... I also like... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the environments capture really well, like... Well, A, the feeling of having... Being in a weird dream where it's all these, like, mm. different rooms and areas that are all, like, connected, even though it doesn't really make sense, like, spatially. Right. I also like when you brought up the fact that um, the... Uh, context for this is it's supposed to be like a guy's nightmare um mm. i like that it, it does set up that context but beyond that point it's kind of ambiguous about what's going on like it doesn't go into a lot of detail about who are the uh the creepy guys with the glowing eyes that are following you around mm-hmm. and trying to get you so right. like, i think that the ambiguity of it made it more interesting the fact that you don't exactly know what's going on and it kind of leaves it up to your imagination to figure out what's what's going on mm-hmm. if, if i may add something this mm-hmm. is a lot like Five Nights at Freddy's because the first one is very good. Because <laughs> there, this is before it became a YouTube uh-huh. phenomenon. So mm-hmm. you would there'd be a little, little, little details that you could mm-hmm. look at and try to piece together a story, but you never had the full picture. And then the sequels came, and then mm-hmm. it was garbage. Aww. So Well, so Alex, maybe uh, <laughs> you sh- you've been a little quiet up to this point. Maybe you could tell us what you thought of Deep Sleep, the first one. Well, I, I recall playing it uh, at least two years ago, and I mm-hmm. thought it was really good then, because that was before the sequels came out, and it was its own <laughs> self-contained little Aww, little game, like and, it, and it it had an, a, lot of, a lot of good design, because there's a room you go into where there are newspaper mm-hmm. clippings, and mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you want to start off on the left and go to the right, mm-hmm. because you'll look at all the area to make sure there are no jump scares, because the mm-hmm. all the rooms are dark, and your cursor is like your flashlight, so you'll move your mouse around the room, see everything. Mm-hmm. Then you'll say, oh, I want to look at these newspapers. So instinctively, you go to the left one, because that's how we read. You start mm-hmm. from left and go right. to right. And so it, it, but it's designed that you start on the left one, because it tells you these things, and then the last one is a spooky note to the player telling you, we're next, bro. I want to. It is done well, but I want to say mm-hmm. you can read the notes in any order, and it just like it's oh. like it reorganizes that's, that's which notes are where depending on the order you read them. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't notice that. I, I mean, I feel like I tried that once. Mm-hmm. But anyway. yeah, I did appreciate that the first game kind of does the good job of like building up like enough hints at a plot without like going full like let's explain what exactly is happening here like they kind of do right. in the second game right right they just leave um, it so- like they give you just enough plot to like get your imagination going exactly mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah um before we uh move on to talking about the the other ones um just a quick round table what do you guys think was this the scariest moment in this uh first episode uh, definitely def- when the guy's chasing you down the hallway and you have to close Yeah, definitely. that's what I was going to say. And you're trying to close the door before he gets you. Mm-hmm. It's like, they build up to that so much because it's like the whole first part of the game, everything is set and like, you, it's like it starts in this bedroom place and you're like, okay, whatever. But then as you progress, you feel like you're in somebody else's house, kind of. Hmm. And it's like, that was how it hit me. And I was like... It kind of, I was going to say it kind of goes from like normal like housey kind of rooms to being more like nightmare rooms like well, so yeah like the the furnace in the basement mm-hmm. and then you've got like this this like operating room kind of uh, yeah like tiled room where where the 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 scary guy tries to get you may, mm-hmm. may I mention may I mention puzzles i don't like 
Sure. Okay, there is one of them. Okay. I like all the puzzles except for this okay. one. Uh, actually, two. So, the you if you when the when it starts getting spooky, the bed that you see turns mm-hmm. into a decrepit mm-hmm. bed with a skeleton in it. Oh, so you yeah. think, oh, I want to look at that skeleton, and there's no hot spot for the skeleton. So you think, mm-hmm. oh, it's decoration. You move on. But it turns out you have to <laughs> click this really tiny bone. It's mm-hmm. not tiny, but the hot spot is tiny. You pick up the bone; it's <laughs> necessary. And the second problem that didn't bother me. Like second, I, I didn't have any problem picking it up. Uh, second problem <laughs> is you, there's this part where you're trying to turn a handle. Oh, but it's mm-hmm. too hot. Well, mm-hmm. well, oh, oh man, what uh, am I gonna do about that? You wander around, you think, oh, I need to get something cold. Uh-huh. And you look at this puddle, uh-huh. it doesn't tell you it's a cold puddle. It tells you it's a puddle of water. Mm-hmm. If you get a wet cloth and you put mm-hmm. it on something hot, it's not, mm-hmm. going, to, it's not going to help. You have I mean, to it'll help a little yeah. bit. It'll help I, a little bit. Well, yeah, because uh-huh. the idea is, like, the water will, like, absorb well, and dissipate the heat better than just if he can if he can hold on to it with that cloth then he could hold on to it without <laughs> i the cloth. think i think the more important question is why does he why is he able to open the door when it, the handle's too hot to touch and then he climbs inside the furnace immediately <laughs> right everything's okay why didn't he just dream why didn't he just okay. wait a that's bit true, for it true. to cool off uh-huh actually can we just alex i think that i just invalidated everything you just said like any bad puzzles <laughs> you can just write it off by saying that it's all it's a dream all right dream well, logic well, so the thing about the puzzles is they're all very basic like like pretty key, logical key, stuff. it's like key and lock puzzles basically yeah it's like you're yeah. and you find locked doors and you find keys and mm-hmm. it's like you find things that like this is missing a lever and you go find I, a lever i do, I do right. want to mention something though uh, I've been calling okay, these last games thing, dark. and then we have to move on to the next right. one. I do like the first one a lot. And one of the features about the first one, he continues this with the other ones, but he has a built-in walkthrough. Because we mm. all know that you're going to get to that part where mm-hmm. you don't know what to do next, and you just had <laughs> enough. So you go to mm-hmm. some website, and you get a guide. He says, no, just do it here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I appreciate I did appreciate that. that. I didn't actually end up having to use it, but I did appreciate the fact that he packaged walkthroughs with... Was it in all three of them? Do you know, yes. Alex? Yeah, I used okay. <laughs> I actually did not use any of them. I, I remember <laughs> I had to use it the first time around. I don't remember what puzzle gave me issues. I did, I did notice... get stuck a, a couple of times in the first one. <laughs> the one like... time I got stuck in the first one was the silly femur. You have to, maybe it's not a femur, but it's oh, the okay, arm okay. bone. Okay, okay, let's... Yes, I, yes, yes. I got stuck idea, on that too because like I was like my monitor was really dark so I couldn't see the slot next to the furnace and I couldn't remember how you turn the furnace off <laughs> so oh, I didn't realize right. I was supposed to stick the bone in there yeah that was another thing just general comment commentary about this game is that um, mm-hmm. a lot of the rooms like I, I get that it's supposed to be like a dark area that you're going through and you're using your flashlight to illuminate what's going on but just in general it felt like some of the screens were just too dark just period mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, like he 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 put some brightness settings in there, so that kind of mm-hmm. alleviated that a little bit, mm-hmm. and make the game brighter. Yeah, that those mistakes do get better in the sequels, though. Overall, so that's I thought a, the the spooks were very tasteful, and it had a lot of atmosphere, mm-hmm. and it was just a nice little self-contained game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. All yeah. right, let's move on to the second one: deeper sleep. All right, so uh, this is the second one in the series. 
Um, what did you guys think about Deeper Sleep? May, may I start by saying I think the best part about Deeper Sleep is mm-hmm. the name. It's kind of mm-hmm. clever that he goes to Deeper and then Deepest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is true. That's, the names of the trilogies are apropos for what's in each one. That's, right. It, it does kind of fit with the uh, the themes of what's going on in, in each episode. Mm-hmm. I, I will say... Um, I did like the intro to Deeper Sleep where he tried to uh, nourish the lore mm-hmm. a little bit. And he's like um, trying to explain like what, what the character's motivation is. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I also like the fact that the uh, in the beginning it's like unclear when the dream starts. Cause he yeah, gives, like, yeah. The fr- the fr- I thought the that frame was especially clever. Like, the frame st- yeah, because it's like you, you don't know when a dream starts. You, never, you can never remember the beginning of a mm-hmm. dream. So I thought that that was a nice touch to make you think... <laughs> give you this frame story to make you think you're awake and then it turns out you're asleep right and it's like he um, does that thing where you get that little scrap of paper and it tells you you're safe as long as you don't know you're dreaming and you're like uh, okay well good thing <laughs> right. i'm not dreaming and then immediately the wall disappears and you're like oh no <laughs> right i didn't the- sign up for this so i liked the, the little story bit at the beginning but then i felt like this episode went a little heavy on on like universe building exposition mm-hmm. that it, it kind of went overboard in, in some regards. Like, um, about the middle of the game, there's this guy in a, a sewer grating. Yeah, yeah, the traveler. The, the traveler. And you can basically just sit there and talk to him forever, and he explains the whole <laughs> the whole universe to you. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it took away a little bit of the mystique of the game in in some, some ways, because it's like, like in the first one, it's ambiguous, and you don't really know right. what the rules are, and you don't really know what's going on. And then it's like second one he's like oh well here's everything and here's how it's all explained mm-hmm. it's the five nights at freddy's problem it's only spooky yeah. as long as you don't understand it well yeah because uh-huh. it like it play it like the less you explain the more it like filters through your imagination and that makes it a lot more uh impactful i guess Mm-hmm. yeah but i f- also felt like the puzzles were a little bit stronger in this one. Oh yeah like, which complexity. one specifically uh, I like the well. I mean, all the puzzles are still pretty basic, like like in the first one. I like mm-hmm. the idea of the sack of flour and go fill it up with all the stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> Even though it's just going around and filling I, it up with random stuff. Here's a pile mention, of dirt. Let's get some rocks. Yeah. I, I do want to mention though that I had a hard time finding the bag because mm-hmm. you can touch a big bag. That's not the one you pick oh. up. And then he says a pile of rotten bags. So mm-hmm. you don't think, oh, I'll pick up that small one on the floor mm-hmm. that has a hole in it. Mm-hmm. Well, Alex, you just have to develop the skill of clicking on everything uh-huh. obsessively. <laughs> this is, I think this is the pattern that I'm seeing here. <laughs> yeah, I thought the puzzles were good in this one. The thing that kind of irked me about this episode is that it seemed like the uh, the rooms that had stuff in them were kind of spaced out. So mm-hmm. you ended up with like a lot of backtracking back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's like specifically in the woods, there was a lot of empty woods. Yeah, that's true. Where, like it was a lot of running back and forth to to get items and then go use them. Mm-hmm. But what about the Bert? Uh, I, I love the Bert poster. I forgot about <laughs> that, so I was, uh, that actually did like sincerely spook me. Like coming back to play, it. I was like, ah! oh, oh, okay. This, yeah, yeah. We should we like, explain the Bert poster for those who don't know. We should let's talk about Bert in general when we come to deepest sleep because i, <laughs> what, I have what theories what, oh man, uh, so anyway in the in deeper sleep there's a room you come into where there's this burt poster there's nothing else in that, it 
Yeah, it's just this poster of a clown, and his name is Bert, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then you come back to the room later in the game, and his eyes are gone. It's mm-hmm. kind of spook. And I'm trying come, to think what... Come back um, later, and he's just gone. Yeah, the, the the frame is blank, like he left the left the poster, and it's like, oh no. Oh, really? I didn't uh-huh. see that. Yeah, it, it, like when you're making your last pass through the through the house on your way back out to the uh, to the well with the rope. Oh, that's creepy. I, I genuinely didn't notice that. <laughs> I'm trying to think what was my uh, my most most spook moment from this episode because I didn't think that the girl in the attic was all that scary because uh. you you knew it was coming. Yeah, I, I still I feel got like the build the, the build up to that was definitely scarier than the actual reveal of the mm-hmm. girl in the attic. I thought it was still pretty effective though, like that you, mm-hmm. know, you dropped the screwdriver and all this stuff. Well, oh yeah, that part was pretty scary too. Well, and it's like it's that thing where it's like well, it happened a lot in old DOS games where you have mostly static rooms and then suddenly you have stuff that's moving really fast and it kind of freaks oh, you yeah. out a little bit. Right, right. That's what happened to me. Um. Yeah, the, I also liked the um, collecting the fifteen scraps of paper as a, like a little side quest. Mm-hmm. It didn't really like keep you from finishing the game, but it was like a little, little Easter egg hunt where you could yeah. go around and try to find these scraps of paper that eventually form an entire document. I want to say that was like a takeoff on the slender, also. Yeah, I feel like so. This one came out in twenty thirteen, kind mm-hmm. of like as slender craze was happening. Yeah, <laughs> and this one definitely seemed kind of slender inspired because you had a lot of walking around in the woods mm-hmm. and you're collecting scraps of paper. Lots of, mm-hmm. like, spooky imagery far off in the forest that makes you think it's the bad guy. And then it's, mm-hmm. it's just a scarecrow. Right. I like the room with the, the moose head with the glowing eyes. Why was that, it that, glowing? I, well, that doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. it's a dream. Oh, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> Basically. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense, but it, it did really kind of freak me out also. Basically, mm-hmm. I played all these in one sitting today, and it was like the first one I mostly remember it. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then by the time I got to the second game, I was in full spook mode, so everything got this was creeping me out. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I did think the moose head was was creepy. Was that mm-hmm. that was in deeper sleep? I thought yeah. it was in the third one. Okay. Yeah, no, the third one has a similar deal. He's got yeah, like where glowing, do you see yeah the two eyes, but but turns out not to be what you think it is. Mm-hmm. One thing I also thought was uh kind of cool about this one is that they like when you can go into this bedroom and there's not really anything in it but they're like mm-hmm. nameplates on all the beds and it's like they it, oh yeah and it like i i mean i'm not i'm not really sure what to make of this but it seems like there's some sort of element of like school stuff going on here because you've got like chalkboards and you there got, were a lot of classrooms did you know classrooms and the, their the flush animal on the beds yeah, you can put the plushy tiger right, on the Right, right, right. Okay, so here's the thing. In the first game, there's a room with a rocking horse, and it's got some uh-huh. writing on the wall about Cody. Oh. Something about some kid named oh, Cody. Oh, yeah, right. I so if you find Cody's bed and put stuffed animal on it, then after you finish the game, you'll get this extra screen where it's a newspaper saying that Cody woke up from a coma in an orphanage. Aww. Oh. <laughs> uh, now I feel bad. I have to go back and wake Cody you up. Can, you can save Cody. That's interesting. And I, I wonder if say... Co- I wonder if Cody is the little like so in some of the rooms there's like this little mini jump scare where you move the flashlight over and there's like this black uh, figure that runs out of the room yeah. really quickly. I wonder if that's supposed to be Cody. I don't know. Well see yeah, it's like if I wanna kind of play through it again paying more attention to like all the story connections. Actually, again, I want to bring this up when we get back to when we get to the third one because I, I there were some story 
connections slash payoffs in the third one that I thought were cool and wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Overall, um, a decent. Yeah, it was. That's an improvement over garbage. Well, no. So, okay, so <laughs> I, I like I like this first game and I like the second game, but mm-hmm. I like the first game better because I think the first game is mm-hmm. self-contained. Yeah, the second yeah, game it's hinging on the pile, the actual pile of garbage that is the third game. So <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of like how um, sometimes they'll make a movie as a standalone thing, but then mm-hmm. later they decide to make it into a trilogy. So like, the mm-hmm. last two are like connected. So like you have Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the well, Jedi. But the difference mm-hmm. between like Back to the Future and this is that Back to the Future yeah, or, or is Back to the Future good. This isn't. <laughs> I was also going to say the the first three Pirates movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kind of the same thing where it's like you make a good first standalone one and then when you come back to do the second one, you make it into a trilogy. Yeah. I, and I think it did, it, did, it did a good job on expanding on what the first one was. I mean, the exposition was mm-hmm. a little clump, clunky, but I really liked it overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really mind the exposition. I just would have... that If I had my druthers, I would have had things not be explained right or at least indirectly explained so like things with like newspaper clippings that are kind of vague mm-hmm. and it like leaves it up to your imagination about yeah. like what are the rules of this place and what's actually going on mm-hmm. of course this podcast would probably be a lot longer we'd spend a lot more time <laughs> theorizing what does it all mm-hmm. mean so overall what would you guys say is the best one that we've discussed so far well let, let's rank them when we finish all oh, three all right Okay, so on to the last one. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so the third one is called Deepest Sleep, or um, actually um, the full title is The Deepest Sleep. Oh, is it? Put, put the article in there. Yeah, it's called The Deepest Sleep, uh-huh. which I thought was kind of interesting that he threw that in there. <laughs> what did you guys think of the the final chapter in this saga? Big, ha- steamy pile of garbage. I mean... <laughs> I, so, so guys, so right, I, I gotta tell you this. When I here, started here playing this game, okay. I didn't know that I hadn't played it. I assumed I did. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, oh, I haven't played it, mm-hmm. and it it was so ineffective at being scary. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, even though I yeah. didn't know where it was going to spook me, mm-hmm. it's like I could tell it was coming so far away. Because it starts out, you're in a bed, you can't move, and there's a spooky guy, and you click on mm-hmm. him three times, and then he jumps, and then he's just a black pixel pile with uh-huh. white eyes. <laughs> and then you think, oh, That part okay. was kind of spooky. And then I s- thought that was spooky. The, the, the only thing I can say is good about this game other than the title, I like how mm-hmm. it gets deeper and then deepest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's this part at the first where there's this spooky statue of a crazy looking beard man, and he's mm-hmm. like stuck in a wall and he's holding something, and you take his thing he's holding, and you have to pass by him a lot mm-hmm. because he's in a hallway that you need to mm-hmm. get past. And I kept on uh-huh. thinking, he's gonna be gone, or he's gonna <laughs> move, or he's gonna uh-huh. jump at me. Right. So every time I went to that room, I was ready for it. And it never happened, but it well, got me. That's one of the that's one of the things about it is that he throws in just enough jump scares into these that it's like you're not sure if something else is going to scare you or not. So it's like even boring screens with nothing in them make you really spooked out and hesitant because you're uh-huh. like, okay, is there, 
gonna be something in here like you go in a dark room and you're like okay i gotta turn on my flashlight but i don't know what i'm gonna see here okay can i mention can i mention the flashlight Mm -hmm. it gets better in each game like Mm -hmm. the like the graphics with the flashlight I will agree with that, that the uh, the last game had some pretty nice flashlight effects where yeah. you would shine it on different... Even though it's a 2D game, you'd shine the flashlight on different surfaces, and it's like the shape of the flashlight beam would change based on where you put the... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It'd be like a 3D effect on the flashlight beam, so it'd like stretch out yeah. on like diagonal walls and stuff. Right, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. That was cool. I w- yeah, I, I know... Um, I don't know, Alex. I, I I feel like the third one was like the most nightmarish of all three. Mm-hmm. Like not necessarily in terms of spooks or jump scares, but just in terms of just generally being kind of unsettling. Mm-hmm. This one seemed like the most like a nightmare to me. Well, yeah. Well, it's got like all the classic nightmare things, like smashy mm-hmm. things with the blood on them, and you got like the giant worm with the mouth and the sewers. Yeah, or like, like the uh, there was one part where you go into like this old decrepit like mansion, kind of like Victorian era mm-hmm. style wallpaper and, and furniture. And just like yeah, all, all of the like staple creepy mm-hmm. things. Okay. Yeah. The Speaking pop- of the the well, giant. Oh, go mm-hmm. ahead. Oh, I, I was just gonna complain about the giant worms. I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna tell you about Strike Two, the giant okay. worms. Let's talk about the bottom feeders. <laughs> I, I like the. Uh, Thing where you have to move the mouse really slowly, like mm. that, that was effective. No, I thought that I was like kind that of annoying. Really. It's not well, scary. It's a little bit annoying. It's it's not scary when the a game little, says you have to play it slower. Well, it's like the the well, you got to play it fast though, because there's a time limit to get over to the door before the closes again after you hit the switch. <sighs> it's like, and they yeah. only do it for one room. No, there were two rooms where were you there? had to. There were like three rooms. Okay. Well, so the first time you encounter them in like the little the uh, yeah. like sort of tan colored sewers, mm-hmm. and then later on when you're 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 like trying to get that last square for the the puzzle, oh, yeah. you like have to break those plates and get them to go over to the plates. Mm-hmm. I do want to mm-hmm. say the puzzles in this one seem like they're the weakest puzzles, because hmm. it's like it it sort of relies more on like I don't know like. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, like, pu- bad. like more, more well, bad. it's like, it's like... Well, it seemed like they were, it was less um, intuitive, because it, it was, you had a hammer, and you used the hammer for, like, a lot of random things where you just mm-hmm. hit it, and it would make things happen. But I, I like that, because in real life, you would just hit stuff with a hammer <laughs> and see what happens. I guess, I guess what, yeah. was, what was bothering me was there were more instances of, like, puzzles that are just, like, outright puzzly puzzles, like... Like when you're like, you have to take the gem- gems out of the blue circles and put them in the gray circles. And it's like, this doesn't mean oh. anything in the world. It's just like an, an obstacle. It's a portal puzzle. Well, it's like in the second game, you had that thing where you, you, the fountain puzzle, where you had to like push a tile and all the adjacent tiles also change colors. And it's like, it's the most generic placeholder puzzle ever. Yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff did kind of irk me a little bit, just because the other, the more organic puzzles mm-hmm. felt more like you're you're in there. It's yeah. like you're you're going through the situation but then like those would kind of take you out of the moment right and it's like now you collect you the tiles and make them like make the yeah. shape it's like random right, professor right. latent puzzles in the middle yeah, of the exactly. show right yeah my main complaint about the bottom feeders i guess to get back to that was just <laughs> i think the reason they're not spooky to me is because this game sort of eschews all of the creepiness of the shadow people where because they they've got all that you know the uh, stuff that's naturally creepy, like doppelgangers and 
I don't know, like, uh, you know, doppelgangers and body snatchers and, mm. you know, I guess shadowy nightmare creatures and stuff that's sort of... I, I mean, or, they did have a story reason for not well, having yeah. any of the shadow well, people in the Well, right, 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 right. but then it's like, the, the, they're sort of inherently creepy, where when you get to the bottom feeders, they're only just like, well, look, it's creepy because they're giant worms, I guess. But there's nothing, I mean, I there's nothing psychological about it. Yeah, right. I mean, I think well, it was also the presentation... Like, I think mm-hmm. there was one moment in the sewers where you, like, look through, like, a wall, a little grating in the wall, and you mm-hmm. see, like, this big shape go by in the background. I thought that was effective. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what it is. or But I, yeah. I think it's just the fact that it just shows up and just sits there, I think, was mm-hmm. kind of what made it not uh, scary for me. Well, yeah, so, so imagine what would happen if you're playing Deep Sleep 2, and then they tell you about mm-hmm. how, oh, those things were shadow people. And then mm-hmm. you go upstairs, mm-hmm. and they see one. He stares at you, and he has to move the mouth slowly <laughs> so uh, he doesn't notice you. Well, yeah. yeah, it's the fact that the shadow people and then the girl in the attic chase you, and you've got you're mm-hmm. on a time limit. Whereas the mechanics a little different for the the big worm, mm-hmm. where it just as long I as you just move true. really slowly, then it it's it, you'll be fine. Well, mm-hmm. see, it's scary as long as all you know about it is it's called a bottom feeder, and it likes to hear you move. Mm-hmm. And you don't well, know, is that cursor well, movement? It, it's like it might that. also be the fact that they gave you, like, a a meter at the top of the screen that lets you know how close you were to dying. Yeah. I think I if that hadn't true. been there and, like, like there were other visual cues, like he's getting closer or something, mm-hmm. I think that might have made it scarier. He does get closer. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, but, I mean, right. just the fact that you can just watch that meter at the yeah, top of the screen true. and think, oh, well, I'm, I'm safe as long as I move slow enough. I, mm-hmm. I do want to say, though, that... It would would have been a lot scarier if they had just not shown it and kept you wondering the like because you don't know what the mechanics are until you see it for the first time. Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. wonder: is this cursor speed? Is this how fast I'm moving between rooms? Mm-hmm. Is this like puzzle solving speed? So you, you don't know, and then you find him, and then there's a meter, and then you say, "Oh, you moved the cursor slowly." And, it, mm-hmm. and it, then it's not scary, and your head falls off, and, it, and it's like now what? <laughs> Though um, for, for positives, I did like the dark church and how you have to go really deep into all these rooms, and it's like all of these. It's like I didn't really like the puzzles per se, but the fact that there are a number of obstacles that you have to block your way back, and your your flashlight keeps shrinking more and more the further in you go. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I actually died in there the first time because I didn't mm-hmm. realize that I was on a time limit. See, that's the kind of thing that I think is spookier where yeah. it gets you by surprise. It's like, oh, wait, I didn't realize that my flashlight was uh-huh, dying. And you start panicking. And you're like, oh, no, and you're trying to move these wait, things around. Wait, this... when? In when? In the dark you, church. When you go into the little dark room with gems, you have to move around to the oh, slots. I, I never your noticed. flashlight will eventually, like, you're... your flashlight gradually gets smaller and smaller. Yeah, I cause... actually didn't notice it at first. And mm-hmm. It was one of those moments where I was like, wait a minute, my flashlight, it seems like it was bigger earlier. Uh-huh. And then eventually I realized what was going on, and was like, oh, I didn't geez. notice, and I didn't die in there. Well, guess... they give you a warning before you go in. It's like, don't go into the dark church. The, you will be... I don't know. Well, but they didn't have a sign. The or something. They didn't have a sign that says right. you are now entering the dark church, so it's uh-huh. like you don't realize you're in there until it's too late. I, mm-hmm. I guess I just assumed because of the spooky creature face you put the gems into. Like, this mm. must be the dark church. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, is it time to talk about the ending? Yeah, let's talk story slash ending. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, kids. So guess what happens in the end of our show? What happens, Papa Alex? <clears throat> well, we climb up a ladder yeah. after dealing with annoying worms, and then yeah. you get to a spooky room, and all yeah. your inventory items are mostly used up, so you think, uh-huh. now nah, this is going to get real. This is going to be good. <laughs> and uh-huh. you, the only clickable object in the room is a mirror, mm-hmm. and you look in it, and then what do you see? But you are the monster, <gasps> John Freeman. And then, oh, then you say, oh, snap, I was the monster this whole time. And it's revealed that these shadowy people are actually the souls of people who slept too deeply. And now they're trapped. And if you find real people who are wandering around sleeping, mm-hmm. you can eat them, touch them, and then you can take their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and then they gives you the most morally questioning choice mm-hmm. that questions your faith and what what you've been what, what the, the meaning of life because there's uh, a there's a lame lamely animated man running uh, away from you and you can touch him and watch uh-huh. a cutscene of a poorly drawn eyeball opening or you can let him go and watch the jvh that represents your soul slowly get resized into nothing so i will say um, the uh, I don't remember making this connection the first time I played this, mm-hmm. but the ending definitely this time reminded me of the swapper. Yeah, that's what I was about to say actually. Because it's, it's like a um, they give well, you like this moral decision, like do you like steal this other person's body and escape, or do you just uh-huh. hang out forever? Well, and, it's like uh, it's to like, be fair. Well, I mean, um, it, it's like a moral that, decision that they just bolt on to the end of it just to <laughs> have a, make the ending punchier. Guys, it's like The Walking Dead. That's a great game. You see, in The Walking Dead, you have to do things that makes you feel bad. It's just so like it's my so Mass awesome. Effect. I was getting ready to say The Swapper actually came out first, so uh, Deepest Sleep is a ripoff of The Swapper. Although, I do appreciate that uh, the ending... Put, it's like... It, it's like it's... Like, it's uh, like where the shadow guy chases you in the first game, because you see the silhouette guy go back, and he starts trying to close the door. And this makes yeah. me question, is that you from the first game? Well, it, so if you take your I mean, your that bon- thought did occur to me. It, are you um, stealing your own body? Well, that's, well then, then, what, then it's it. not morally... Then it's not morally wrong, right? Right, right. <laughs> so you're just a sucker if you just sit there. Or is it somebody else who's, like, wandered into this land and is now... I think the uh, implication was it was somebody else, but yeah. it, was, it was... Again, this is one of those areas where the game was ambigu- ambiguous enough that I was, like... Mm. I could see it either way, and I kind of enjoyed that ambiguity. Yeah. Okay, guys, did any of you take the body i no. did I, I well i did both endings i did it i took the body mm. and then i went back and hit continue and did the other ending so i did mm. both i i sat there first and then i went back into the bed well it it doesn't make it clear interface wise what you're whether like because you're clicking on him to follow him down the hallway and it's not clear mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. what point you're gonna actually steal his body well mm-hmm. i realized the full magnitude of lameness that this game had achieved by the end <laughs> and i realized that this is one of those lame multi-choice endings that gets tacked mm-hmm. on so it's like i'll do the morally right choice well <laughs> like anton said i liked the fact that it looped back around to your encounter from the first game that was like, so memorable yeah and it's like from the other end yeah, but that's the mm-hmm. same as it's the same as like episode seven saying, "Oh, hey, remember that ship that you liked? It's here again." <laughs> and it's Alex, swell. Just, just, just as a side note, Alex does not like Star Wars episode seven. <laughs> and it's swell. <laughs> um, 
So oh, I guess so. I, I thought the ending was okay, but it seemed like like it was missing something just because because of the way it's like you confront the shadow people in the first one and narrowly escape, and you, you sort of get the impression they're closing in on you and they chase you into the well in part two. It's like once you're in the well, you can look up and you see them looking back down at you like they actually were just chasing you in there. <clears throat> and it's like, so you feel like, you know, you know in the third game you're, you're hitting the bottom and you're going to bounce, bounce back out off the bottom. So you're like, you're anticipating this confrontation with the shadow people when you're trying to get back out. And yeah, you know, yeah. It's building up this sort of tension in the background and then they sort of drop that plot thread. Because I guess, well, well I guess no, they catch you when you go down in the well is the implication. Yeah, right, and then it, because they have that flashback that explains that they caught him mm-hmm. and turned him into one of them. Well, yeah. Was, the, the, so yeah. I think I think the, the the twist made it up for me, the fact that there's not some mm-hmm. final confrontation with the shadow people, so the twist was that you were, that they already caught you and that you mm-hmm. were one of them for the whole third game, you just didn't realize it. Yeah, and that may be more in, more interesting in ending than if you just had something where oh now they're defeated and all's well. Congratulations. Yeah, right, I woke right. up and I felt bad. Mm-hmm. So one uh, callback that I thought was kind of nice. Alex mentioned that you realize this when you look into a mirror mm-hmm. towards the end of the third game. In the second one, um, there's a mirror in one of the rooms, and if you look at it, he says, "I can barely see myself." And I thought that was kind of interesting to like sort if you connected with what's going on in the third one it kind of suggests yeah. that he's already like losing part of himself because he's uh-huh. been down there too long. Right. So that was kind of interesting that um like that there was that linkage between the two. Or it could well, be see, that the I, mirror I, was really foggy. What I found myself wondering was how well, he says he was a shadow person the whole time, but how long uh-huh. are we talking the whole time? How did he not notice when he it, looked at well, his own hands? To pick up I the think, flashlight. I think that, um, well, so, like, it, according to the flashback, it happened, like, after the end of the second game, but b- before the beginning of the third one. So uh. I think that that, like, that scene at the beginning where he's in bed and then the guy, the shadow person, attacks him while he's in bed and he can't move, I think that has something to do with it. Hmm. I don't know. Um, what does it all mean? Oh, so can we talk about also, Bert? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So let's talk about Bert. I think that <laughs> Bert I think that the, the player character's name is Bert. That's my theory. Oh man. Because oh, that's why Bert falls a, apart. Uh-huh. W- well, there's a note in the third game that's addressed to Bert. And it mm. says sincerely yourself. Um uh, so th- yeah, or the else poster falls apart. Bert is someone else who's down in the in the dreamland. How do you know that Bert isn't the guy you catch at the end? Well, because Bert is, is, is hung in the third game. Yeah, oh. right. So I felt like the fact that Bert was hung in the third game was like symbolic of the fact that your player character had died. Uh, he was gone. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know. That, that was my theory. What, what do you guys think? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the fact he, that me. like his, the Bert poster is like gradually like disappearing mm-hmm. in the second one like you said that eventually he just vanishes out of the the frame mm-hmm. in the second game kind of suggests oh man your your character's personality is like disappearing or something yeah I, yeah yeah i do want to say that i do like how the notes in the first game match up with the twists he made up for the third game because all the newspaper clippings that you see talk about people waking up oh, from yeah. dreams and being and having people. a totally different personality mm-hmm. that's right yeah Hmm. Yep. 
Somebody in know, the it's... comments was saying that the who is the wife in those clippings in the first game has the same name as the girl in the attic in the second game, but I don't know if that's oh. true. Oh yeah, she never woke up. Hmm. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, I wonder so if, if you're uh, in a coma, are you just in dreamland? I think that's the idea. Huh? Um, having never Ooh. been in a coma, I don't know <laughs> so if where you actually ha- experience dreams or if it's just like sleep where you're, you know, not experiencing mm. anything. Hey, three, probably please. varies. If you've ever been in a coma, <laughs> leave a comment. <laughs> you're currently in a coma? <laughs> Um, okay. So I want to know where where is Leo DiCaprio and all this? Yeah, where where where's the? Uh, That's where's, the guy you Joseph catch at Gordon the end. Levitt. Yeah, that's Leo. Leo. He's the guy at the end of the third. Oh game. man, he's the guy you're chasing at the end. Oh, now I regret oh. not catching him because I could wake up as Leo. <gasps> oh man, you could become mm. Leo DiCaprio, <laughs> and then the fourth game <laughs> could is become the, an Oscar winner. Exactly. Okay, the, take Leo's everything Oscar back. This the is the best game. game. <laughs> you can be Leo at the end. Yeah, right. Like Anton said, this, the fourth one is Leo's Oscar chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I forgot what it was called. It was another Flash game. Uh-huh. Is it made by the same guy? Because then no. Can... Oh. So he has done other. He's he's working on other adventure games. He's still doing stuff. Yeah, he's I... doing one right now called Don't Escape. Is that the name mm-hmm. of it? I think so. Well, he's done I'll other Don't Escape games. It's like, it's like sort of turning a. Uh, escape room games on its head where it's like the first one I think you like you're going to turn into a werewolf and you have to tie yourself down and lock yourself in a room hmm. so you can't escape that's interesting I, and they've done other ones I don't remember I don't think I ever got around to playing the second one but I think the new one is the third one but it's like he's gotten more backing from some flash game publisher type so he's making a full <laughs> featured like third third-person view adventure game where you have a player character and you're uh, oh yeah you're, you're right there's like three don't escape games <sighs> yeah he seems like a huh. cool guy i, I i've yeah. enjoyed all of the games of his that i've played i don't know if he's listening to this podcast i would feel yeah, bad Alex, i think you owe him an apology <laughs> yeah, yeah Alex, your, your apologize. games are okay i was apologize joking. to script welder uh, a script welder i really liked your icon I thought it was pretty cool looking. <laughs> I like the flashlight effects. Uh, I like how you could be uh, Leo. Alex, tell me answer. your favorite part about the Deep Sleep trilogy. Well, I think it's the fact that it's a very original feeling game. You don't play video games very often where it's an adventure game in the first person and you're in a spooky room. And, and the, it's you know it's, it's very original. You haven't. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a very unique experience. And then it gets less unique when he makes the sequels, <laughs> because so, because then there are more of them. Oh, yeah, let's <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's rank them um, in in order from best to worst. Deep sleep top. Can we all? Yeah, agree? I mean they probably do get worse as they go along. I guess. <laughs> I was actually going to say uh, my ranking was deep sleep at the top and then deepest sleep as the second one and then the third one is deeper sleep. Uh, well, cuz I I got annoyed by all the backtracking mm-hmm, um, in, that's in the fair. second one. Well, deepest sleep you can be Leo, so I'd say it's the mm-hmm. second one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like they get like more mechanically and technically like uh yeah, impressive. Uh, impressive as they go along. It's like like mm. the flashlight thing and that's true. The graphics, like all, all the little particle fuzzies in Deepest Sleep, were really great. 
mm-hmm. it's like it's a silly thing to point out maybe but they were they those were i really appreciated those mm-hmm. yeah i'm not sure if it's just by the nature of the fact i hadn't played it on this playthrough of all the game mm-hmm. all the games but i did get spooked the most on deepest sleep mm. just, oh, even though you liked that one the least you got the most spooked by it well yeah because i hadn't played it before right mm-hmm. i remember things Right, horror games are only spooky until you've played them enough that you know you know where it's coming. You know where everything is. Yeah, like I when... will say, I think that if I'm remembering correctly, that we played Deepest Sleep the first time as a group, mm-hmm. and it's like it was one of those times when we all uh, came back home to to play video games mm-hmm. and we turned all the lights out. It was really late at night. I don't, we I don't remember to... this. I, I must have not been there. We did that for both Deeper Sleep and Deepest Sleep. I don't remember fun. doing. I, I remember playing Deeper Sleep by myself. <laughs> I'm a little angry. I was, I missed out on these. I do remember um, when I played Deep Sleep for the first time. Um, it was one of those things because I didn't know that there was going to be, you know, a mm-hmm. creepy tall guy with glowing eyes chasing me down a hallway. Mm-hmm. So it kind of for for a few months it was one of those things where it was like I was afraid to turn all the lights <laughs> out at night. This happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, oh yeah, it is really. It's like a really freaky concept. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, I was really spooked. Like. Like after I finished the game, so it was at night. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. afraid to brush my teeth in the dark. <laughs> so I guess it did its job. I mean, yeah. you could be Leo. So I'd say deepest <laughs> sleep a second. I remember when we played deeper sleep all together. We got stuck trying to get past the girl in the attic because we didn't know what was coming. So we went up there and like, oh, this is a screwdriver. And then she started coming toward us, and we all freaked out. And we were like, oh yeah, what do we do now? <laughs> we we're trying to get the screwdriver panel off there, and then it dropped. And we we're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think, do vaguely I think remember that. We died like twice trying to get past it. <laughs> well, twice? I can understand uh, once. We were like passing the mouse around. Okay, okay, now you're going to try it. <laughs> it's it fire. Yeah. So, yeah, these yeah, are very, so, uh, very fun games. Very good. Yes. I would highly recommend all three. I mean, you can um, argue the merits of, of, you know, comparing each of the three entries, but on the whole, all three of them are pretty solid. Well, yeah. Little quickie online adventure games. Yeah, and just Hit. considering that they're just like you know online flash games. Like these are right. really like top shelf material for flash. Seriously, games. like it's free. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I want to say I think it does compare favorably to games like Slender and uh, Five Nights mm. at Freddy's oh, that rely a lot on just sure. It, it feels like the higher. deep sleep games feels a little more tasteful. Yeah, yeah. highbrow. High than a Slender or Five Nights at Freddy's. It, Five Nights at Freddy's is like one of those gross beers. Well, it's, it's like it's like it's like, like a nice wine. It's like, Five Nights at Freddy's is like one prolonged jump scare, uh, whereas <laughs> Deep Sleep it feels like there's more stuff to do. You're engaging your brain a little bit more than, you know, there's, with Five Nights at right. Freddy's it's just red light, green light. Well, yeah, it's like it's like Five Nights at Freddy's is like a game you play when okay, I'm gonna spook myself out now. Where Deep Sleep also has more that you can appreciate besides just the mm. spook factor. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, the spook factor is just sort of like decoration, and mm-hmm. it feels like there's like a, a pretty clever, somewhat original, you know, story that's underpinning it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, I th- let's wrap up this mini-sode. Um, I, th- I think that, I mean, unless you guys have anything else you mm. want to talk about, I, I, I think- feel like I- I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's probably about it. Um, we have another Halloween-themed episode coming up. We're going to be covering Tony Tough and the Night of Roasted Moths. What does this have to do with Halloween? Well, you'll this find is out. Spook- spooktastic the whole October thing is, games. The whole thing is Halloween-themed, Alex. Is it? The uh, bad guy yeah. wears a pumpkin on his head. 
off. And you go to a theme park that's Halloween themed. Oh, it sounds even worse than I thought it was going to be. But Alex, oh. you're, you're so tough. Tony Ooh, tough. Gosh, Tony tough. Okay. okay. It's not serious, Sam. No, no. It's not serious, <laughs> Sam. Don't get confused like Alex and almost buy the yeah. wrong game. So, yeah, we, we should tell the story really quick. Alex um, was confused about which game we were playing for, for the next podcast episode. And he was going through Steam trying to figure out... And he got confused between Tony Tough and Serious Sam. Which so is he was going through all the he, he was going through all the Serious Sam games on, on Steam. He's like, so, so Ellie, which of these Serious Sam games am I supposed to get for the podcast? I, I was looking forward to it. They didn't look like dumb adventure <laughs> games. I was like, <laughs> these look pretty cool. That guy's game. got a gun. And now it's, it's Tony Tough. Okay, let's wrap this up. We'll see you guys next time with mm-hmm. Tony Tough and the Night of Roasted Moths. Yeah! Oh, no. Bye! Bye! Okay, bye. Fare thee well, mortals. Good night.